Hey, this is David Hayter. You may know me as the screenwriter of films like X-Men, X-Men 2, and Watchmen, but you probably know me best as the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. Kept you waiting, huh? This wasn't written with your comfort in mind. Nah. Made my decision, wasn't tough to decide. Nah. Me and my boys, we get it done every time. <laughs> Gotta earn it, you can't just jump in the line. You'll get rushed to the side. I, I top my division, I've been building since I started. In the parking lot, I parked it. I came in while picking targets. My career cannot be tarnished. I'm a champion regardless. Celebrate, but this is a different kind of lucha party. We are not alike. I don't, I don't want your advice, I don't want your opinions It's not gonna be different from the ones I told to listen I've been working on a bigger picture and y'all ain't impressing me Hey, como se dice, shut your mouth, respect the legacy Ain't no comparisons, y'all just embarrassments All of my confidence is rooted in my heritage, yo And with Mendoza and Mr. Wild, we showing what this about Phantom driving your career is disavowed, what's happening, y'all? All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Castanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Castanova, and today I'm joined by the one, the only, the phenomenal Tom Hewlett. Tom, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Doing good, man. I'm just enjoying this. Actually, for the first time this summer, a cool <laughs> summer where it's not hot, because you only have three temperatures in Hawaii. It's hot, super hot. And high as hell. And right now, it's none of the three. So. <laughs> you're, you're lucky. We've got one of our hotter days so far. So, Ooh. Any, like, breeze going through, or is it just... Not today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just 102 straight. I don't... Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> All good? Oh, man. So, so uh, Tom, we're, we're here to talk about... Your upcoming game, Spider Swords. I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I've been playing it on the Steam Deck. I've been really awesome. enjoying it. And um, yeah, we're going to dive into that. Uh, do you want to, I guess, uh, talk about yourself a little bit, your history of gaming? And hey. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been, I mean, I've been playing games since I was just a little kid. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've been in the industry since I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a neighbor that worked at Virgin Games, and they uh, made, I mean, they're a European development company uh, at the time, so they made, you know, really hard games, kind of a, kind of what they did back then, yeah, in Europe. <laughs> so they got a lot of complaints from their marketing department that kids couldn't beat their games on Genesis mm-hmm. and Super Nintendo. So uh, they found out I could get past level three on Battletoads, and they hired me to do testing one day a week. You know how um, rare that is? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I showed up and tested, and, and they said, see, kids can beat our games. He he beat this game three times today. And uh, yeah, from there, um, I did that for a couple summers. And then uh, from there, I made my own independent company in high school before there were indie companies. Um, we tried to make a, a Game Boy Color RPG. Mm-hmm. And then that led me to Atlas, uh, where I did some localization, and then I jumped to Konami, and then I jumped away forward, and I've been there ever since. Awesome, awesome. And uh, as far as like uh, gaming, 
What's your favorite? Uh, so if you had to pick your top oh, yeah. three favorite okay. games okay. of all time, yeah. what would they be? Uh, I have this written down. I, I gotta find it. No, um, <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild is number one. Okay. Uh, Undertale is number two, and Earthbound is number three. You can't go wrong there. That's yeah. all excellent choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish we would get like Mother Three uh, localized. I know, I know there's a lot of red tape for that, but man, Mother Three yeah. is so good. <laughs> I, I got I got lucky and uh, well, I, I bought it. I bought the Japanese copy. So mm-hmm. I legally emulated it, and I had a Game Boy. I had a Game Boy Color cartridge, so I could or Game Boy Advance car. Sorry, Game Boy Advance cartridge, and so I got to burn it onto a cart. So I actually, you know, back then the emulators were kind of bad. You got the lag, so you mm-hmm. couldn't get the battle system right. But uh, I got it on a real cart, so that's one of my treasures of my nice. my little Earthbound shrine. I've got like, you know, Mother One and Two, Earthbound in the box. And then this little cartridge for Mother 3. And then my Mother 3 mini behind it. So Nice. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Do, you th- do you think we'll ever get like the Earthbound franchise coming back? And, like... um, I mean, ever since... Like, they had they did, they did Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U, and they brought it back on Switch. So I think they... They're not, we're not going to lose what we have. I think Nintendo kind of figured out, like... These fans are kind of rabid. <laughs> I want to keep them happy. I and I hold out hope for three eventually somehow that they'll just be like, we've got a we had to delay all our games. How do we? What do we do for this next direct? And they like, have like a button, and they're like, okay, push the mother three button. <laughs> I actually I saw that direct that they did today, and I was like, oh, I never would have thought we would have gotten uh, near Tomato on the Switch. I didn't even think it could. Well. I, I figure it could possibly run it, but it would come with a lot of like compromises. But it looks really good. Like I'm really shocked at how good it looks and runs. And then they're <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, Persona, here you go." So all you Nintendo fans have been asking for Persona for like the last what five six years. Here you go. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm never I'm never gonna get through Persona Five unless I've got it on my Switch. So I'm glad that I have that option now because I just same can't. here. RPGs take too long now. <laughs> they do. They do. It is so funny because, like, you know, in, in my Discord group, I have a lot of people that'll hit me up, like, hey, Mikhail, did you play this RPG? Did you play that RPG? And I'm like, I have a two year old. So, <laughs> like, when you have kids, your window for gaming, it just keeps shrinking. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah I, used to, I used to love RPGs and then. I just can't, man. There's so it, you get like one a year, and it's so much of my time that I can't do another one right after it. So I gotta wait, and then you know, parenting and all that stuff. <laughs> it's got yeah. no time. I just I spent four months on Elden Ring, uh, and it was worth it. But now I'm like, give me all the tiny games. I just want small, <laughs> small five hour games, please. <laughs> oh man, you're lucky because like when I was playing, like I still need to play Elden Ring because when I was every time I tried to start it I was like okay my daughter's asleep let me try to like get to this area and then she would wake up and I'd be in the middle of a fight and I had to put the controller and you know you, you can't pause for anyone who's watching who hasn't played Elden Ring or any of the soul style games you can't pause them because they're all in real time and it's like yep all that progress gone just, just gone <laughs> 
Yeah, when my son was little, like I got into Bloodborne. That was my first FromSoft game. And uh, Ooh, as long as he was one. asleep, it was fine. But like you said, when they wake up and you're in the middle of a boss, <laughs> you're like, ah, I'm <laughs> I've been fighting this guy for a long time, but my son is a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so as, as far as like Spy Stars goes, uh, for people who are not familiar with what it is, uh, it is basically I I like to describe it as it's kind of like an evolution of Contra mixed with like a Saturday morning cartoon vibe, and that way for charm and charisma, and it's it's addictingly fun. So what, when you guys are coming up with the idea for, I guess, a new IP and just the direction of it, what was like the, you know, the Genesis thought of what you were going to do? Sure. So, I mean, you know, at WayForward, we worked on Contra 4 uh, mm-hmm. on the Nintendo DS. I was, back when I was at Konami, I hired WayForward. And so um, I was familiar with a lot of the people and, the, and now I'm here. And, and so they let me direct the new Contra type game, which was cool. Um Matt Bozon, our creative director, <clears throat> had been thinking about what we could do in the genre for a while, and um, and dinosaurs kept coming up, so that was an element. But then <laughs> he really likes, um, the, like you said, Saturday morning cartoons from like the eighties. Um, and then I, I, I miss watched, those. <laughs> I watched them in the nineties. I'm a little bit younger than him, uh, and I watched them longer than I should. So, <laughs> kind of a, a common ground we have of. of you know, the, the shows that are there to sell toys and cereal mm-hmm. and other nonsense. They're not really made to be, uh, to say anything deep. Yeah. Um, not like today's cartoons. <laughs> 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 um, but, uh, but yeah, so we had these kind of ideas swirling around and uh, with the Apple Arcade stuff, we had an opportunity to make a new IP. So Matt mm-hmm. kind of put together the basics and then said, you know, go make a run and gun shooter. And so we really tried to look at what are creative spider plus dinosaur creatures we could make. Because I think that would be a fun, like, just fun, colorful, weird. It's a new enemy. So from a game standpoint, you're like, oh, what does this thing do? How do I beat it? But then from Mm -hmm. a... Just from a fun kid kid brain perspective, you're like, what is this thing? Like, he's crazy looking. (laughs) Or he makes a funny sound. Or he goes splat when I kill him. Um, So stuff like that. Just keep it interesting and fun and throw new stuff at the player and then just continue to explore kind of that um contra style game and 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 you know the core the player control is very similar to contra like you said but the um i tried to draw on a lot of other run and gun shooters uh in the game so you know we've got things a little more reminiscent of cuphead from time to time some metal Mm -hmm. slug type stuff i just tried to pull in all the different all the different shooters so if you're a fan of non-contra running guns, I think there's something for you too. <laughs> so everyone should check it out. Yeah, it definitely felt like also like some Gunstar Heroes vibes as well from the game. I was like, man, that was that game. I wish that franchise would come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had a certain it had a certain feel to it. A little edgy, but like like I just think of all the like a million guys. Like you'd see the mm-hmm. commander like shouting, and then like all the guys run in, and you're just fighting the yeah. same guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good, yeah. There's some of that in there too. It, what I really liked about uh, what I played so far from the this early build is that the balance of the difficulty, depending on you know, regardless of which difficulty you select, it's fair. 
you know, uh, even if you go to the harder difficulty, it's challenging, but it's still fair. And that's something you don't usually see in the, you know, the, the running gun genre. Usually it's just, Hey, we're going to throw everything at you survive. <laughs> yeah. I, this is some of my, you know, we worked on Contra 4. I had some, we all have some Contra 4 baggage that like stuff we didn't get to, or we didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And one of my things that, you know, I remember I actually got into a shouting match with uh, someone who's now my boss back in the day <laughs> <laughs> about like difficulty shouldn't just be turning a dial up where it's like, okay, everybody mm-hmm. has 10% more hit points or everybody's 20% faster or whatever. Um, I, you know, when you have time, because you don't always have time in game development, but when you have mm-hmm. time, it should be more finesse than that. You gotta, you, you kind of have to tailor make each each level for each difficulty. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have that time for Contra 4 and it, it turned out great and everyone loved it and that's that makes me happy. But my baggage was you should be able to finesse each level. And so with Spider Source, we, we did have that time and I made sure my level designers were really thinking about each each uh, different skill set. So like mm-hmm. you know, a new players who haven't played this type of game before, we're not we're not um we're not sacrificing it. You're not getting a watered down running gun. So it's still mm-hmm. if you beat it, it still counts, right? You did a cool yeah. thing in a hard genre and you're getting a taste of what that genre is. Um but if you play it on hard, it shouldn't just be we made everybody take longer to kill. Um yeah. it should be different challenges and different, you know, power ups come in different spots, or they're maybe not power ups that make it as easy as easy mode, things like that. So um I'm glad you noticed that. That's really cool. Um, that is something we tried to put in there. So hopefully everybody agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just one thing that I, I've noticed. And, you know, going back to playing the original Contra, playing Metal Slug, Ikari Warriors, like all, all these running on games is, I, I feel like, because you and I are from the same era, roughly. And it's like, <laughs> you know, when, for us growing up, games was like, okay, you learn how to play the game. You tailor towards its intricacies and whatnot. And so I understand that the generation now is very, very different. You know, they, they and also it's just our attention is being pulled in so many different directions now. So it's the younger generation that's playing games like this and, and, and others are like, okay, so I need it to tell me what I need to do. I need this tutorial. I need this. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's interesting, I guess, from my perspective, I'm like, oh, I took time to learn this stuff. But you guys are like, nope, show me, show me. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, they're more critical when it comes to games because it's like, okay, it needs to be balanced, it needs to be fair. You know, am I going to invest my time into this? And so seeing how like balanced this game is and, you know, the variety that's in it, I think this generation is really, really going to love it. And I think, you know, people from my generation before are also going to love it because, I mean, the characters are, I could definitely see the characters only in a Saturday morning cartoon, but they make me think of characters from like the late 80s, early 90s, like video games. You know, it's just, you know, Victoria is really awesome of a character. Adrian is like, (laughs) he's such a funny character. And then the voice actors nail the delivery so well. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) oh, we, we, uh, in Contra 4, we actually 
to your thing about new new generations of gamer, we uh we did a little mini focus test. We had we had a let's see, one of our one of our mobile directors at Konami. Mm-hmm. He also taught it like a school. He did like a like a game dev summer program for kids, and so he's like, "Hey, do you want to bring these kids in, and they can test Contra because it's an old school." You know, this is for people who don't know or for, kind of forgot. Contra Four came out right after New Super Mario Brothers, so it was that like we hadn't quite accepted that old games had value that like everyone could play. So it was like, "Well, you're making this old game. We should have some kids play it." Mm-hmm. We were watching these kids play it, and I remember. Um, None of them would select easy. That was we told them like, hey, if it's hard, you can, you know, we want you to see more of the game. So please set it easy. None of them was set it easy, but they were all playing it, and we told them the controls, and they were playing, and that, and we were like thirty minutes, forty minutes into this test, and one of the kids is like, guys, 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 when you're when you're ducking, you can still shoot, and I was like, Wait, what, like, like <laughs> this is so alien to these kids. That it's like a cool discovery that you can duck and shoot. Whereas when we were playing as kids, you're like, okay, duck, shoot. <laughs> like, you know, we'd try it out. We'd figure it out. Um, so that was an eye-opener then, and it's kind of stuck with me. But I actually think kids today, compared to 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Kids today now have indie games, which pull in a lot of the old school concepts. Um, they've got, like, games done quick like speed runs where people are showing all these insane things that aren't even intended but like like experiment with games because you could fly through this wall mm-hmm. um and then just just a white like games are a little even cooler like when we were kids they weren't cool and they get cooler and cooler each year yeah. <laughs> so now they're just a normal thing you do like there's games that are popular and other games that are less popular but and kids know all this stuff but i think they're more exposed to multiple genres so I yeah. feel like to a kid, um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna understand the mechanics of Spider Source better than the Contra Four kids did. <laughs> <laughs> they're just exposed to more of it, and it's interesting that ebb and flow of you know games started where we were, then they were like first person shooters when these Contra Four kids were kids, and now it's like everything. Like you've got your yeah. Fortnite's, which mixes a bunch of stuff. You've got people still play Mario Kart, which is great. It's just interesting. It's, I'm fascinated by it. Like, just the the ebb and flow of games. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, and, and to to add to that, it's just interesting seeing how like gaming now is so socially acceptable. You know, compared to like when we were growing up and playing it. And it's like, I, I, I think I was talking to um, he's either my niece or my nephew, and they're they're talking because they're really crazy about Fortnite and they love. Uh, Say so they're going to be like playing. They love the Bloodstain franchise, so they're like, "Oh, this is so great! This is so cool!" And and then they're talking to their friends about it, and I'm like, "Man, I wish I had that growing up. I couldn't talk to anybody." It's like, "Oh, you like gaming, <laughs> nerd? <laughs> shove you in the closet!" Like it's it's so it's so like. And just being able to go like step in a DeLorean and go back in the past and just think about how things were so different then. And, you know, segueing over to like another topic of like how 
I've heard this argument with from like a lot of uh, content creators where they say like games now are not as creative as they used to be, and I'm like, no, that's not true. They're they're still very creative, but you had to look at like the hardware they were working on back then. You know, the NES, Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, they had limitations, so they had to work around that. They couldn't have the old voice dialogue and and the super long cutscenes. Like they it, like if you go back and play Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's technical marvel, but it's crazy to think like how that aged compared to like something like Winback, Covert Ops, or something like that. <laughs> you know, like it's just like they they work with their limitations, and it's like now it's we've got the technology to create that cinematic experience that also still has that gameplay experience, and it's just you know. That's why I find game design so fascinating. So, like, when I get to talk to, like, you and Alex Rusty and and, and others I've had on the show, like, I'd love to just pick your brain about that process (laughs) because it's it's fascinating because it's like I, I have no experience with game development, but, like, as a kid growing up, I was like, man, how did that work? How did you come up with this? What was the, you know, the genesis of of doing this? And it's just it's fascinating to me. You know, and I, I feel like if more, and I'm tailoring this because it's something we talked about, <laughs> more content creators understood the process, they'd have a better appreciation for it because it's it's not as simple as people think it is. Yep. Yeah. I'm. What I've been kind of thinking about a lot um, through Spider Stars and other and other games that I'm working on is uh like on the Genesis or the Super Nintendo, you'd get stuff like Gunstar Heroes, which we mentioned, um, mm-hmm. do these crazy technical tricks, like like rota- rotating things or moving really fast or having a reflection. That was like crazy back then. You're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like, like uh, in Rocket Knight, I can see myself in the water and I'm jumping over the water because I'm watching the water, not my character. I'm a character, I can't see him. I miss um, Rocket Knight. <laughs> and like now that's just reflection you you like check a box <laughs> you're like this surface has reflection on it um so it's hard in a in old school games where you're you're kind of thinking of these cool tricks and uh why is this boss cool what cool thing does this boss do how do we get that feeling that those those little tricks used to used to do because again, you you know, someone would think, well, he's made of crystals. What if he reflected the mm-hmm. visuals? And that was some crazy technical thing that shouldn't have been possible, but treasure did it, or whoever did it. Mm-hmm. And now that doesn't exist. So how how can we how can we convey that? How what's the cool boss thing that other games couldn't do? Or now it's like, what didn't they think of? Because they can do it, mm-hmm. like especially if you're on PC, you can do whatever you want. Um. But like, how? What? What's that cool thing? So, so that's something I think about a lot when I'm designing old school games now. Is is uh, what's that thing? Like, <laughs> like how can we piece <laughs> together tech? And it's a tech trick, but everyone has the same basic toolboxes now. Um, for, for again, for old school, for you know, crazy things like Last of Us, they're developing all sorts of what, what's the hose physics or whatever. So, <laughs> but uh, in the old school. A space like well like you know what's the idea what's the cool thing mm-hmm. that's gonna make people say wow so that's where i'm at <laughs> cool, cool how do you feel about 
the fact that like old school gaming over the last you know 15 or so years is at this point what 16 17 years it's good lord that's (laughs) anyway (laughs) and it's crazy like do you ever have moments like that when you like look back and it's like you know 15 16 20 years 25 years and it's like that doesn't feel that long ago but like it is and you can remember like kind of what you were doing and it wow (laughs) the one that the one that killed me is again we're thinking about contra 4 a lot because we just released spider source and contra 4 was 2007 and we released that for Contra's 20th anniversary. So Contra, Ooh. when we released that, when I when I first worked with Way Forward, Contra was 20 years old. And then last month, Shantae, Way Forward's mascot, turned 20. So the, yeah. Shantae is as old now as Contra was back then. <laughs> like, it's cr- no, that's impossible. <laughs> but it's it's true. <laughs> it's great. It's so great. Like I remember when Shantae first came out on Game Boy Color. I remember reading like the promotional material for it, and it's no power bag. Oh my goodness, it's no power. Uh yeah, okay. I'm on memory lane right now. It's 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 crazy when you think about like game magazines because they don't really do that much. I, I, do they still have those? Like I know, I know like there's. A, I see them. I don't know what's in them. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it's it's. I feel like it's way different, like in comparison to like we used to have like Next Gen Gamer, EGM, Game Pro Magazine, you know, Nintendo Power, uh, VGM. Like there was just so many. I, I remember the excitement of going to like stores and just going to the magazine aisle and just reading the magazine. So that's how you knew, like for the kids nowadays, yeah. That's how we found out what was coming out. It was either TV commercials, which really until I, I want to say the PlayStation era wasn't as common as it was prior to, and reading magazines, because that's where you learned what was coming out. And then you could pre-order through mail order <laughs> back in the day in a lot of games, like Castlevania Bloodletting, which never came out. And I remember... I saved up all my summer allowance at time <laughs> to order that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd have your, friends, your friends would make stuff up. Yeah, like, oh, I, you know, Zelda Eight's coming out. You're like Zelda Eight? No way! <laughs> like, wow, I I got Game Pro. It doesn't say anything about that. You're like, no, I no, I heard about it from, from my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, kids kids have it so they they have it so good these days <laughs> oh my goodness especially like with games having patches now and we had to deal with like oh yeah that's a bug we just work with that <laughs> um I, I guess going back to to spinosaurus there's uh one of the things that i really like that you guys incorporate into that is the three bar health system you know that is something you don't typically see in the running gun genre and uh what inspired you to include that um, we definitely wanted to make it more accessible for, um, you know, novice players um, and get them into running guns because the genre is really, really small compared to some other ones. Um, mm-hmm. Like, let's say Metroidvanias. Let's say there's plenty of Metroidvanias, <laughs> but there's yeah. not a lot of running guns. <laughs> um, and so, you know, uh, we, we wanted some kind of health system anyway, but we looked at um, 
Contra Hardcore on the Genesis, and the Japanese version actually had the three three bar health system, mm-hmm. um, which was weird, and it felt wrong to play because um, we were used to the American version. But uh, you know, we kind of just took that and ran with it, and uh, added in health power ups as well, which isn't isn't traditional to the genre necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even if you take damage, you can refill your health, and then. Um, and just along the same lines, we also added a shield. Each each character has a shield weapon mm-hmm. um, that essentially is a trade-off. So you normally have two weapons and you can swap back and forth. If you have the shield, one of your slots becomes a shield. Then it'll be on your character. Um, it'll break. It has a cooldown. It'll come back. But then you only have like your other weapon. So you've got one weapon but a shield. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to give people that option. So if you're not as, as skilled at the genre or you're just learning a level or you know you have that safety net. So we felt like all those things should, again, it's all about keeping it authentic. We're not watering down the experience, but just giving you some things where you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, when I'm when I'm better, I might never pick up a shield because I don't need it. But now I mm-hmm. might always want my shield because, you know, it just gives me that extra, extra couple hits that I'm not going to be constantly dying. Okay, okay. And I found the weapon variety as well, because the weapon variety is very unique. It's not something that you like. You'll you'll get some similarities to weapons that you would pick up in Contra, but there's a lot of creativity in the weapons. And I like the fact that, you know, you gain more of the same type It powers it up and you get hit. It kind of reminded me of Castlevania Adventure when you get hit. You start to weak your weapon weakens and goes back to its base form after, you know, depending on how many power ups you pick up. If you see like you got two and you get two hits and you're back to the base form, it I really liked that. So it's the constant risk versus reward that you're dealing with. So yeah, and that's something that the life bar let us do is you know you you take a hit you get you get a little weaker but you don't lose your weapon because when you die the weapon goes away. So yeah, you know, it's just another aspect of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. When it came to the creating the uh, the characters, uh, Adrian and Victoria, and also coming up with like the concept of ingest and I guess the world, the the background lore. How long did that take? And, and um, Wilbur's. Yeah. So, so Matt Bozon came up with the general beats. So Victoria and Adrian existed. And Ingest was this company um, that developed, obviously developed spider source as a futuristic food source to solve uh, environmental collapse because dinosaurs mm-hmm. are big and spiders have lots of legs. Okay, everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I had these characters, and he said, you know, Victoria's weapon is her guitar, and Adrian has a sports themed gun. Uh, mm-hmm. Go. And so then I kind of had to come up with the weapons, um, which is, you know, you're balancing not just what does the weapon do, but they each have their own, like the, the mechanics of each weapon type is different based on which character you're using. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out, here's all the types of guns we can have in a running gun. And now which ones go to whom? And then how are they themed? Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, which sports gun, which ball? Is it an exploding football or is it a bouncing tennis ball? Um, Mm -hmm. and then what, how does the music look for Victoria shooting stuff out of a guitar? So, you know, that's the first step. And then, um, Matt developed the, the four ingest characters that are like scientist chef 
people. <laughs> and then <laughs> I kind of so funny too. <laughs> I'd had kind of ideas like how do I want the story to be? How do I want how do I want the 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 um I don't know what you call them side characters I guess how do I want the side characters to act? And so then once he gave me the characters we'd have you know to work with, I could kind mm-hmm. of figure out. With, there's one guy that's nervous about everything. He's always freaked out. Um, there's um, one of them's a really sweet lady, but then she like has these explosive, like she shouts at you. <laughs> she gets really excited yeah. and just starts yelling. And then the um, the CEO is kind of this spacey. You know, he means well, but he doesn't quite understand the severity of spider stores got loose and they're rampaging through the through the building. Um, and so then it's, you know, then we have these funny personalities and then it's just bouncing them off each other. So by then, you know, we've come up with these levels. We know kind of what our bosses are. And then it's just piecing together um, the story based on all these elements. So we know we have to get from point A to point B. We know mm. we've got these creative, colorful people to interact with. And then just how does that work? So how how long it took <laughs> it's just little <laughs> little bits throughout throughout the process like i'm always thinking about the story in the background while we're figuring out the core gameplay mm-hmm. and then just once we get a we'll get a chance to like okay let's figure out the, the script or let's figure out the um the <clears throat> the call out dialogue during gameplay like what are the, the two characters going to say in reaction to what, everything that happens um it's pretty quick then because I've already it's like way back here it's like okay time to focus on it and then I usually bang it out in a couple of days but uh it's it's a lot of fun it's always fun to think about and and see watch how they develop <laughs> so with the 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 art style which is very very vivid uh when you're in gameplay is that all hand drawn because it's really really well animated it, it made me think kind of like of uh streets of rage four and mm. also the, the shante series mm. as well yeah so a lot of it is hand animated um but we also you know there's a there's a, there's a large amount of animation animation takes a while mm-hmm. so there's a program called um spine as well that lets you um and like the basic version is it lets you take a 2d image and rig it up like a 3d character oh, so wow. that it has bones like a 3d character would so you're moving like oh, i'm going to move my arms and you move the arms of a 2d image mm-hmm. and it does a bunch of fancy things to make it kind of work <clears throat> and then once you've done that you you finesse it so it doesn't look like you know some some games use it to make really puppet looking characters mm-hmm. um you know which which you know it suits their visual style so it's fine it's not i'm not saying that as a derogatory thing but we, <laughs> we're trying to get that smooth hand-drawn look even if it's not so um that's that was what where a lot of the work went into so we'd have hand-drawn stuff and then we had some some people who got really skilled at using spine but mm-hmm. then even once you animate it you've got to go in and say like okay well this looks a little bit weird or you know this leg wouldn't just move like that so we'd need to draw a new leg animation so um, it's all a bit beyond me other than how it works. I couldn't do it <laughs> at all, but, uh, <laughs> but we've got lots of cool skilled people that way forward that got really good at it. So, um, cool. and then, you know, on bosses, the cool thing about it is on old Contra games, you know, the bosses were puppets, like they made up yeah. shapes. Like you think of the Genesis ones, they'd have a five balls made their arm 
And yeah. back then it gave you this really smooth, cool movement that wasn't possible yeah. otherwise. And so now we could take it, make some pieces in spine and be like, there's our authentic puppet boss. He, he feels like a contrabass because he moves like that. And it <laughs> it's pretty simple to do. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad you like how it looks. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, the the stage uh, stage two boss it really reminded me of that boss from Contra, where it's like you climb to the top of the fort and then it's got the arms moving around. And I like the uh, the innovation that character where it's like it's like oh let me grab this let me grab this test tube <laughs> together here and it's like I like the mechanic of that fight because like yeah you could just focus on trying to kill the boss and just shooting the boss, but you could also like to help yourself deal with like the ads or additional enemies, you need to kind of shoot what he's mixing or, you know, so that you don't get something that's really difficult. Cause some of them might rush you. Some of them are going to jump. Some are going to fly and then swoop down at you. It's, it, it really takes the formula and just tosses it on his head. And I love it. Cause I was like, okay, when I initially got to it, I was like, Oh, I know this. I know this fight. <laughs> and then it's like, when it, get, it started doing that, I was like, Oh, uh, okay. What are you? It's okay. So here's a pattern when he's done doing that drops his arm swings, drops the other arm swing. Okay. So I can jump over that. Oh, but I still need to deal with this <laughs> additional <laughs> enemy. So I, 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 I love what you guys did with that because I was like, yeah, that, that really kept me on my toes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. We, we, we try to give him his own personality too. Like you, you've acted it out a couple of times, but he, he mixes the enemies in a test tube, but it's like a, like a bartender type guy. <laughs> yeah. And his, uh, I, he came together really well. I'm happy with him. <laughs> So, um, with um, with developing uh, the game, because this is going to be on uh, all platforms, ha- I guess you know, with your experience with with game development, is it now more of a streamlined process when you're making uh, a, like your game and then being able to put it on multiple platforms versus before, where it's like, okay, we need to tailor it to this platform, tweak it to this one, or if we go even further back, it was like games and one of the Genesis and Super Nintendo were not the same. Same name, <laughs> different game, but it, like, do you feel like it's because of the technology of the consoles it's easier to port to multiple platforms now? Yeah, it's definitely easier than it was. Um, as much as I... As someone with a, who had both 16-bit systems, I loved when they were different games, right? Because you could... Yeah. They were totally... You know, the art was usually the same. Like, Konami would use the same sprites, but um, you'd get a totally new game experience. So I did love that as a player, but as a director, it kind of scares me. I'm glad we don't have to do it. <laughs> um, I'd like the resources to do it, but I don't think we'd get them. So... Um, yeah. It's definitely something where, you know, using Unreal or Unity, it, it makes it a lot easier because, you know, obviously when a new when a new console comes out, you know, they rush to get it get it all buttoned up so you can make the games on the platform. Um, Spider Stores used the same engine as Shantae, our, our, our own proprietary engine. So, you know, Shantae has already been ported to everything. So, you know, it's all, it's all there working. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously, you know, obviously it's, it's not you don't just hit a button and it prints out all the games. So you do have to test it and figure it out for each platform, but it is uh, much, I'm glad it, I'm doing it now and not 
20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) As an example for uh, the audience uh, who's listening and watching, uh, if you were to play, say, Sparkster on the Super Nintendo versus Sparkster on Sega Genesis, same name, same art assets, completely different games. (laughs) They didn't play anything like each other. And which it makes me think when people now, this generation now, talks about the console war between PlayStation, Nintendo, and Sony, and it's like, no, it's it's really not. It's just what <laughs> controller do you want? It's not like back then where it was like you were either a Sega kid or you were a Nintendo kid, or you know if you had the PC Engine or the Atari Jaguar. If you were fortunate enough to have the Neo Geo, I don't think I met anyone who had Neo Geo back then. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it, like, like today, like you said, near Automata just got announced for Switch, and that's exciting, and it and it means people who didn't play it get to play it, or people who were waiting to you know couldn't play it portably now they can play it on their Switch, you know. But back back then, that would mean like, hey, we have a near game that you can't play. I bet you wish you had a Super <laughs> Nintendo, but you still be thinking like, oh, I wish I played the Genesis one because I don't know anything about it. Like you know, it's so weird. It's weird to think about. It really was. It really was a totally different. You were getting totally different games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess in wrapping up and being you know respectful of your time, is there um anything uh, you'd like to actually? Before I say that, here's a question: Is it possible for this game to have online co-op? Um, it's just, it's just local, uh, couch co-op. Um, but I, there is a steam, the steam still have that thing where you can like, it's like fake internet. Oh, the share couch co-op. I don't know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That might be possible. I haven't done it myself, but, um, okay. For steam users that might be feasible. Okay. 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 I, I know I was, um, when I was uh, interviewing Alex Rushdie, we were talking about Dawn of the Monsters. Uh, we were talking about how a lot of gamers want couch, well, not couch co-op, but uh, online co-op on almost every game, but they don't really understand the technical difficulties of doing that. It's not just, oh yeah, just put this code in. It's there's a <laughs> lot that goes into like that aspect of it. So um yeah, I, I just wanted to ask that because uh, out of curiosity, like because I'm I'm fine with local co-op and you know if a game has online co-op cool, it's not necessary, I think Maybe that's a generational thing. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm happy with whatever. I remember when you only got games two times a year, and usually it's your birthday and Christmas. Now it's like you got games dropping every, God, every other day. And, and some of them are have, like five dollars. That's good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like no, with, with online now, you really have to build it like the whole game from the very beginning, like, mm-hmm. like to, to make it e- not easy, but. It, it, <laughs> To make it easier on the team, um, it really has to be done from from everything. Because I mean, the way stuff loads, the way assets are played, like it's all it depends on that. So any game that um, starts the online process mid development, like it's a huge it's a huge undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice if it was possible in every game because I think it would be cool. But for for Spider Source, our our goal is really to to uh, let parents and their children like have that 
parents can pass on that contra two player experience to their children, right? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I used to sit here with your uncle or with my my buddy or whoever, and we played this game, and he told he stole all my lives on the waterfall, um, you know, whatever it is, and kind of handing that to your kids. So you've got this fun cartoon game. Uh, your kids can experience running guns. You can relive your glory days or tell them how easy bosses used to be if whether or not that's true um (laughs) but uh really pass that to the next generation so couch co-op made a lot of sense um so yeah that's why it's there but uh but hopefully the steam thing works i don't know (laughs) i'll I'll definitely test it out because um i was fortunate to be able to get two steam decks i got one for myself and one for my wife and uh we'll definitely test that out and see if that works (laughs) because honestly and that's something else like the steam deck is just I love the Switch, but the Steam Deck is like I think if Nintendo does another, well, undoubtedly they're they're working on the successor <laughs> to the Switch. Like, it, and it's so funny. Like when people are like, "Oh, well, they're not going to make a new, they're not going to start working on a new Switch until two years from now." And it's like, no. Whenever something comes out, they're already working on the successor. It's like, okay, we could tweak this, we could add this in, we could take that out. It's always in the worst but i feel like the steam deck is good because it showcases that you can have triple a and, and powerful and indie games all running seamlessly on one piece of hardware and i think nintendo just like every other company they take what they see and they're like oh, okay we can use that we can incorporate that and i think it could be good for like inspiring them for the next whatever they're going to do but yeah, I've been playing Spire Swords on my Steam Deck. Absolutely love it. And uh, I'll definitely test out that. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, Steam Link Play. So, yeah. you know, I'll definitely test that out and uh, I'll let you know how that how that works. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, is there uh, anything you'd like to leave the audience with uh, before we go? Anything. It could be Spire Swords related. It could be, you know, the game you're playing. Have you done some crazy stuff in like. Uh, Breath of the Wild, like, you, have you seen all the stuff people are doing? They're still with the yeah, nothing, physics engine. <laughs> nothing crazy compared to what I've seen. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's, I don't know. <laughs> we're, just, we're like five years out. We're still seeing like stuff you never knew about in Brave of the Wild. Like, still? Really? <laughs> um, what do I want to leave people with? Um, I don't know. I'll, I mean, just echoing kind of what you said, like, it's really never been better. Like gaming's never been better. Like you've never had more options. Um, there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, just uh, en- enjoy your games and be nice to each other. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. my message. <laughs> no, I, I kill sign that. And uh, where, where can people find you uh, on social media? Uh, the best place would be on Twitter. Uh, I'm at hypnocrit. Mm-hmm. Like hypnocrit. <laughs> okay. Okay. And yeah. All right. I'll leave links to that down below, as well as uh, links to uh, Spirosaurs, because it's something I think you guys definitely enjoy. But uh, yeah, Tom, thank you for your time today. Uh, I know we were supposed to done this podcast last week, but you know, I had a situation with my daughter, and uh, I, I appreciate you, you know, being you know able to work with that uh, little pop-up <laughs> oh you have kids you know how that goes 
So um, I appreciate you being able to work and uh, work with me and uh, we'd be able to reschedule this and, and get this going. It's been an absolute honor having you on the show. I'd love to have you back on if you'd be willing to and talk about more gaming, like gaming from our era and, and how it's just <laughs> radically changed. And Yeah, man. Anytime. It's just, been a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, if you guys enjoyed this episode of the Castle Podcast, let us know. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, comment down below. If you're listening on any of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, whatever, I think this is on everything. Just you know, leave a rating down below and tell us what you think. And uh, all that being said, we will catch you guys on the next one. Tom and I are signing out, and we hope you have a good rest of your day. Mahalo for your time for listening to this episode of the Casanova Podcast and One Podcast in Hawaii. If you found this episode to be incredibly enjoyable, informative, or if there's anything you gain from it or any insight or, you know, anything that's good that you really, really enjoy, make sure whatever platform you're listening to it on, or if you're watching it, leave a comment if that's available on the platform, like it, share it around with someone you think would enjoy it, and give us some feedback because your feedback is exactly exactly what we need to keep this show going and if you're wondering what are some ways that you could support the show we got various ways we've got patreon we have channel memberships over on youtube as well as subscribe star coffee and so much more links for everything will be in the description of the podcast so make sure you go check that out and with all that being said i hope you have an aloha rest of your day let them know that i'm next level i'm a whole new kind of guy at the top spot in case you forgot we the ones that got the black hot bullet got the shot